Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. Good morning, New Life Church. How are you guys this uh, new year, January 2023? How's it going for you guys? All right, well, good. Like, I love it, man. You guys are getting lively this morning. Um, So, look, I just want to first start off by letting you guys know that, uh, man, Pastor B, there is absolutely no way on the face of planet Earth that he would not have been here the first two services of the year. Uh, He's actually had a death in his family. Um, It it was an unexpected uh, death of a cousin uh, that really just came up out of the blue And um, in that, he uh, had to be at Ohio uh, to be with his family. And so he asked me uh, the other day if I would fill in this weekend to allow him to do that. And so naturally, I obliged. Um, I I wanna start off the service uh, by praying for two things. One, I just wanna pray for the Spirit uh, to anoint the service because, man, whenever God pulls an audible, like, I I just wanna lean in. And so I just hope that whatever... I have to say today, it comes straight from God and it goes straight to your heart. And, uh, and, and I wanna pray for that, but I also wanna pray for Bronson uh, and his family just in this time. So if you guys could just bow your heads uh, while we pray to start today off. So Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, right now, God, they're, uh, Bronson and his family, they're grieving God. And uh, so I just ask for you to be there with them in their midst, Lord. Um, we just ask that you will just comfort them, Lord. Allow them to grieve in a, in a healthy way, God, uh, and just and somehow in all the midst, Lord, uh, in your presence, uh, let people know you. Um, we just ask for Bronson uh, to have the words to say uh, to people that have questions, God, as, his, as your servant, Lord. Uh, we just ask for you to anoint his lips in the presence of his family, God. And uh, we also just lift up the service today, Lord. Um, we just want you here today, God, because uh, the words of man are going to do nothing, but your words, God, they'll change our lives forever. So we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to be jumping into a series that we're going to be starting in the new year. It's called Rooted. So pretty much, um, it's going to be about the roots that we have in our life and how that affects the way that we live. Um, I always use this analogy, and it's a uh, Coming in recovery ministry, you see a lot of people that have a lot of toxic roots in their life. And so the things that we have, the the outward expressions, um, are just a direct reflection of the roots that we have in our life. And so if if you were to have a computer and you were to continually type two plus two and it would pop up five every time, you would have no problem saying that computer has faulty programming, right? But somehow we are high-tech biological computers. I mean, think about it. Like we, we, we've got the brain, which is the, the CPU, and, and then it gives signals uh, to our, the rest of our body and it tells us how to operate. And at some level, our worldview is the programming that is inside of our mind. But we refuse to admit at any given state in our life that we might have faulty programming. Look, I'm telling you right now, since the creation of you, You have had seeds that have been planted. You have had things, you've had ideas, you've had experiences that have been planted in your heart. Some of them have grown and are healthy. Some of them are not. Some of you guys had worldviews that are skewed by traumatic experiences that you had when you were a child. You see, the enemy, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking for whom he can devour, but the crazy thing is the enemy doesn't even go after the bull male the enemy goes after the kids. The enemy goes after the ones that are isolated. 
And what does he do? He started attacking you when you were such a young age to get you to believe things about yourself that aren't even true. You know how I know they're not true? Because God, the creator, the ultimate programmer, says they're not. And so what we're gonna do throughout this series called Rooted is we're gonna start untangling and digging into some of those things in your life so that you can replace the root, the false root, the corruptible seed that the enemy's planted, and you can replace it with the incorruptible seed of God. And I'm telling you, there can be so much healing that will happen in this, but you have to lean in and you have to allow yourself to be invaded by the Holy Spirit so that he can start changing some of these things in your life. So maybe I've watched one too many Marvel movies, I don't know, uh, but, but that's the way I view the human experience without a shadow of a doubt. Um, today, in honor of Pastor Bronson, I would like to present you all with my thesis, all right? <laughs> so if you will get rooted in Christ, the fruit of your life will change. If you will get rooted in Christ, the fruit of your life will change. Guys, can we stand while we read the text for today, please? In Luke 13, chapter 13, verses six through nine, Jesus, he tells a parable. He says, then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then I'll cut it down. All right, you guys can be seated. So look, I love New Year's. Uh, used to for all the wrong reasons uh, because it was a pretty lit party. Uh, but now I love it from being a pastor uh, because people are actually willing to dig into their lives. They're actually willing to change something because I mean, who's gonna make radical life change on a random Tuesday? You know what I mean? Like, ain't nobody ever said, you know what, today's Tuesday. Like, let's change the world. Like, nobody does that. Like, you have to wait on the opportune time. But it's literally New Year's is like playing a video game. You know, you can just hit the reset button. Um, but God, look, he wants you to do it the right way. Like he's not looking for you to change things superficially in your life, right? Like God is looking to change things supernaturally, like, see, it's, it's crazy because we're all willing to change things like our fashion, our hairstyle. Some of you ladies don't even know what color your natural hair is, right? Like, like you're willing to change that. You're willing to change your furniture. Uh, but what about the things that truly matter? What about changing the roots that we have in our life? Like, I remember one year I was going to get fashionable. This year, this tells me how uncool I am, by the way. Um, my, my wife... Uh, I was Google, like last night I was looking at uh, shoes online and I was on the Nike website and I, I was looking at Jordan's and she looked at me and she goes, no, she's like, don't do that. Um, it, it would be about like the time that I wore skinny jeans and I looked like a teed up golf ball. Look, <laughs> all, all I'm saying is if you're a big dude with, with small legs and you wear skinny jeans, like bring another person in on that decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, like don't just go as solo, but but we're all willing to make these changes in our life. But, but at the end of the day, God is not looking for these superficial changes. He's looking for something that is supernatural. And, and I think that if we're all willing to be honest, that we would like better fruit in our life. Like we would like to produce 
more fruit. See, there's some areas in our life that we have that are barren, no fruit whatsoever. Others, we would just wish that it would abound much more. And then there's some areas in our life where we actually have fruit that is completely rotten. See, it's very interesting. God, he deals with these parts of our life completely different than we do. A lot of times we wanna fix the fruit, but not God. God goes straight to the root. He's not interested in behavior modification. You see, God, he wants to fundamentally change the way that you operate. God wants to go back to the foundation of your programming and stop being a human doing and start being a human being. One thing that I've learned about uh, roots here recently is uh, I have a crepe myrtle tree. Um, had, still kind of do. Um, thought that cutting it down was gonna be effective in my backyard, false. Uh, cut down the crepe myrtle tree, next thing I know, there's branches springing up out of the cut down trunk. I was like, all right, I'll show you crepe myrtle. So I uh, literally go to Home Depot and uh, rent a stump grinder. So I was like, here we go. Uh, you know, smug satisfaction of uh, removing this tree from my backyard. And as I'm grinding it, I was like, there's no possible way. I didn't, you know what, I didn't even think that, that's a lie. Uh, I, I literally didn't even think that there's no possible way it could come back because I didn't think there was a possible way it could come back. Last year, I promise you, out of the root system of this crepe myrtle, there were vines or branches coming up out of it. And so now I have a huge area in my backyard from where leftover crepe myrtles have shot up out of the root. Look, I'm telling you, I don't know if you've ever experienced this in your own life, but if you don't do the work the first time, I promise it's coming back. <laughs> this is something that happens in a lot of our lives. Like we don't put forth the effort and the energy to do what it takes to uproot it in its entirety. Why? It's tough. Like it's difficult. But what happens is instead of doing the work that it takes to overcome these challenges and obstacles that have in your life, we just bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship and just literally extracting small portions of it. But then these things that we have that are connected to the roots of the fiber of our being will continue to grow back. You see, Jesus, he teaches us a few things about being fruitful in the scripture that we just read. Uh, if you look at the first few verses, craziest thing, I had never actually read this, I don't think, and, uh, or never really keyed in on it. But in Luke chapter 13, it's the only gospel that this is written. Uh, but Jesus, whenever he talks about this parable, what happens right before that is he has a group of people that are gathered around him, and they're talking to him about some things that have made national headlines. Um, he, they, they were talking to him about Pilate. He had actually used the blood of Galileans um, on a pagan altar. And then there was another instance in which that, uh, there was a tower that had fell and 18 people had been killed. So it's crazy. I mean, it's a modern day equivalent of like a school shooting and like a Chilean mine collapse, you know, uh, that was going through. And uh, so Jesus, knowing the hearts of the individuals, this is how he answers whenever they're talking to him about this. In Luke 13, verses two through three, he says, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all of the other Galileans because they suffered this way? Like he knows their heart. They're literally thinking, they're like, wow, there's gotta be sin in these people's lives for them to die to this tragic of accident. And he says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will perish. Like Jesus throws it back on them. Like he is forcing us in this situation to ask a more important question. What would happen to you in eternity if that would have been you? 
Like whenever something happens, we wanna know the answer. Like we wanna know why, Lord, why? Why did this happen to me? God's saying, hey, don't worry about why. What I wanna know is how would your soul fare in the instance that that was you? You see, out of this moment, Jesus, he teaches us some principles that we can key in on. And first, he wants us to know that as God's child, he expects us to be fruitful. Like there is an expectation of fruitfulness that as a God-saved believer of Christ that we have. You see, look, in Luke 13, verse six through seven, it said, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. One translation says he was disappointed, right? He was disappointed. As believers in Christ, if you are saved, the hand of God should not only be on your life, but it should be evident. Like people should be able to see you and know from the fruit that you abound that you are a Christ follower. And I'm telling you, church, if we all walked in this, myself included, that the world would change. People would see a loving, kind God that, that would just, it would draw people to the church instead of away from the church. But in that moment, Jesus was asking them to examine themselves and figure out what type of fruit they have in their life because it's not just a matter of right here and now, it's a matter of eternity, right? Look, there have been some epic failures in all time. Think about, I was thinking about epic failures and uh, at first I thought about like a Y2K, right? <laughs> like like it, it was hyped up, you know, it was gonna be something big. Uh, it was crazy because there was actually a kid, I was in high school senior year and uh, there was a kid that went to the substation and threw the breaker. Uh, it's a thousand miracles the kid didn't fry himself but uh, he literally shut the power off but it was Y2K midnight 23. So it was like very confusing. Like he was like 23 minutes late. I don't know if his watch was not set or what it was but uh, other failures, man. I think about like Crystal Pepsi, you know? Like uh, people, <laughs> want to talk about it, but like, ain't nobody ever going to buy a case of Crystal Pepsi. Um, you think about the Razorbacks, their first loss of the season to Texas A&M by a field goal. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, <laughs> it was horrible. Some, some of the worst disasters of all times. Uh, the old Broadway bridge explosion. Uh, was, was, was anyone out here for that colossal letdown? Like, I mean, news anchors everywhere, and everybody was filming it and said, boom, Maybe that bridge was okay, you know what I mean? Like, like, we just hit it with all we had and it's still up, man. Colossal letdowns. But there is nothing that even fails into comparison versus living an unfruitful life for Christ. Like, whenever we don't live out to our full potential in Christ, man, we have so much that we can do. There should be obvious, visible fruit in our life. Like, the fruit of your life should be righteousness, the fruit of your labors, like working, serving, giving. The fruit of your lips, praise, worship, words, encouragement. Like we need this fruit in our life and we need it desperately. In John 15, eight, it says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, fruitfulness, it brings glory to God. Like it brings praise and honor to Jesus's name whenever we're fruitful. Fruitfulness, it also shows that we're a disciple. Like people want assurance of salvation all the time. Like they wanna know that they know that they know that they're saved. And look, I'm telling you, whenever you are in Christ, you will be fruitful. Like you will bear much fruit because that's God's design. It shows that you're chasing after Jesus and you're following with all your heart. Key in on this though, much fruit. 
Like, when's the last time you said, hey, man, go get me some fruit, and somebody brought back a grape, and you were satisfied? You're like, what the heck? Like, nah, man, come on. Like, I'm talking about, like, much fruit. Like, God doesn't just want you to every now and then, like, bear a little fruit. Like, he wants you all the time to be so in his presence and full of his spirit that you are just exuding his fruit all the time. Like he wants you to have this godly ambition, like this godly swagger about yourself that's not prideful, it's not arrogant, it doesn't puff up, it's not self-seeking, but it goes towards building his kingdom. Like God wants you every second of every day to be attached to him, knowing that you have this confidence, this assurance that you are God's child and he has picked you and created you in order to build his kingdom. And whenever darkness is around your presence, it has to flee. Why? Because you are full of the Holy Spirit of God and darkness has to flee in his presence. You see, he wants this to burn inside of you. And whenever you're rooted in him, it will. Like it's non-negotiable. When you are rooted in Christ, it will. The second item we can actually take from this text is that fruit is always a direct result of the root. 100% of the time, that if there is fruit in your life, it is a direct representation of the root that's in your heart. Uh, a few years ago in Yosemite National Park, um, there were two trees that fell, huge trees. Uh, headline trees, like you don't, trees don't just fall and, and they make headlines regularly, but whenever a giant sequoia uh, hits the ground, uh, it's a big deal. And these trees can live up to 3,000 years. They can grow almost 300 feet tall and some of their circumferences are like, their trunks are 27 feet in diameter. I mean, huge, like just massive trees, cars can drive through them. Uh, but they fell, and uh, so scientists, they, they concluded that it was because of foot traffic. Like, what had happened is people were walking uh, around these trees because they had become so large that they drew like three to four million people every single year to these national parks, and as they were walking, it compacted the soil, and as the soil compacted, it choked out the root system, uh, which caused oxygen and water to be starved from it, so eventually it killed the tree. You see, in Luke 13, verses 8 through 9, the man literally replies, I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then I'll cut it down. See, just like the trees in Yosemite, he saw real quickly that it wasn't what was above the surface that was problematic. It was what below the surface that was killing him. See, God, he wants you to have supernatural change in your life, not temporary superficial change. In Jeremiah 17, verses seven through eight, it says, blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green and it has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. See, these verses, they show two different tough times that we're all gonna go through as humans. First, it talks about the heat that comes. I think the heat, I think it's the tough times that we have in life. It's like the pressures of life. Like whenever the heat comes, like how are we gonna react? How are we gonna respond? I would say whenever you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what comes out? Toothpaste, why? That's what's in it. When you get squeezed, what's coming out? 
when the pressures of life, man, when they hit you, whenever you get in that vice that you don't know how to get out, whenever things aren't smooth sailing, whenever you're no longer on that, having that wave runner moment in which all you can do is smile, you know, and like you're just going through life and everything's happy, everything's blissful, the markets are up. Like what happens though when all that stops and you get squeezed? What comes out? It's gonna be whatever's inside of you without a shadow of a doubt. And so the heat is the pressure of life and when the pressure of life comes, if you're not rooted in Christ, man, you're going to panic. It happens 100% of the time. In Proverbs 12, 3, it says the righteous cannot be uprooted. It's crazy, a banana tree, man. Like, uh, it, 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 you get a little bit of rain and a strong gust of wind, that thing's uprooted like that. It doesn't have the root system that, that can keep it from, from falling down. And so it has to be dug around, replanted, kept straight, and then it will eventually grow back. Um, but we have to be way stronger than a banana plant, right? Like we have to be rooted so deeply in Christ that no matter what type of storm comes our way, we know where our source of life is, and that is through Christ. You see, the second thing that it talks about is a drought. And um, you think about a drought, it's barren of rain. Uh, and, and so whenever a drought in your life comes, you think about that as like a season in which that the resources are not plentiful. Like whenever you don't have the, the time you need, the energy you need, the money you need, like when you don't have these things in life, like how do you live your life whenever you're forced to run lean? Like we have to be rooted in Christ. Uh, a tumbleweed, it, uh, it, it withers up and it blows away when it gets too dry, right? Uh, but in, in opposite of that, then you look at the, uh, the, the saguaro cactus and uh, the saguaro cactus, it's the typical cactus that you'll see drawn with the, with the little um, branches coming out. Not really branches, they're more trunks. Um, but whenever you see those, you, you don't really think about what the root structure looks like. But they can produce fruit even in the most arid of climates. Uh, the saguaro cactus, the root structure will not go down as deep as it is tall. It goes out as deep as it is tall. So if you see a 50-foot cactus, it might be 300 years old, uh, but then the root system could be 50 feet out as well. And in fact, the roots are only two to four inches below the surface because they're designed that when a monsoon comes, uh, they can suck up all the water that's on the surface level. But it's been designed with its root system to produce fruit in that type of climate. But we have to have roots whenever our resources are limited. Uh, Jesus, he calls these pressures and these lack of and these problems in life, he calls them weeds. Uh, I, th I think about like the difference between a weed and a flower, and uh, the basic difference is a, a, a weed grows where you don't want it, <laughs> right? And, and so other than that, I mean, you, you, you can pretty much, they're, they're the exact same thing. You put a flower somewhere where you don't want it, and it turns into a weed. And so we have to uproot these things in our life that aren't in the right spot that's not where that they're supposed to be. And so what will happen is the weeds, if we're not careful, They'll choke us out. We see that in many other parables. And so don't let the cares in the world and the worries of life, don't let that choke you out. Like thrive in that and connect yourself to the true vine, which is Christ. Uh, lastly, we, uh, we all need to know this. And I think the parable illustrates this incredible. God, he hasn't given up on you. Like, I know sometimes we can feel so far away. We can feel like that this is the eighth time that I've rededicated my life in the last few years, but man, do it again. I always tell the story about how that um, three, I was a drug addict, horrible drug addict, um, not just a kind of, I mean, I shot meth in a men's league. Like, I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty serious. And uh, we, um, we, we all think about the dark times in our life, 
And, and we don't realize sometimes in the deepest, darkest times that Jesus still loves you, like that he wants you to come to him. Like I thought that I had to clean myself up before I came to know Christ. Man, that's not it at all. Like that, that would be like having a, a membership to splash car wash, but every single time before you pulled in, uh, you went ahead and washed your car. Man, that's ignorant, right? Like, what? what? Like, if you, were, if you had the ability to wash your car, then what are you doing at the car wash? Like, we don't have the ability to clean ourselves up. We have to come to Christ first and then allow him to do the cleaning and then not give up in the process. Uh, but in Luke 13, 8, it says, Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. What if God said, I'm gonna be patient with you. In 2023, one more year. Like I'm gonna dig, I'm gonna fertilize, one more year. Would that be encouraging to you? Like would that be something that excited you? Because I'm telling you, man, it excites me knowing that the creator of the universe and the savior of the world wants to take the time, effort, and energy to help me grow in my life. Man, God, he is such a patient God. He, he just wants that relationship with us. He desperately wants that fellowship. Whenever I was lost in addiction, I remember coming to church so many times and rededicating my life and just hearing the music and being like, oh, Lord, like just purify me. Like just yeah, make it go away. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, like I had to keep coming. Like had to keep doing things, had to keep reading the word. Like I had to allow the fertilizer that God wanted to put in my life. I had to allow God to do the digging. Like if we don't allow God to get all up in our root system, it can't work. Like we have to acknowledge the fact that we do have faulty programming and it may be our fault, it may not be our fault, but it doesn't matter whose fault it is. This isn't a blame game. We have to let the author and the finisher, the one that knitted us together in our mother's womb, come into our lives, touch the root systems that are in our heart that are causing the fruit in our life that is undesirable to go away. 2023 is a year that I want you guys to understand just how patient God is with you, but it's because he loves you. Personally, not patient. <laughs> Look, man, if I'm driving by and I see three cars in a drive through line, you are kidding me. Ain't no way I'm stopping there. <laughs> Less is Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A can be backed up to the freeway, man. I'm like, oh, they'll get to us quick. You know what I mean? Like just pull in with a smile, like no one is gonna happen, man. Uh, but, but the Burger King on Broadway, sorry, not gonna happen. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that, y'all. Y'all might be the only one that gets that, so no offense if you work at Burger King on Broadway. But nevertheless, God is patient, God is kind, and he wants us to come to him. If some of you were honest even today, I think that you would say that there were years ago that you were more fired up about God than you are today. Like you just lost it somewhere along the way. Like you remember whenever you first gave your life to God and he was like, yeah, Lord, send me. You were doing mission trips and you were teaching Sunday school and then something happened. That something was called life. Somehow it just pushed you further away than you wanted. God, this year, he wants you back. He wants to dig. He wants to, to get down in your root system and fundamentally change who you are. I promise, man, this is not some, some tactic whatsoever. This is the living God who wants to be active and present in your life. Will you let him? Will you allow it? 
man, I just think about some of you guys that have kids that uh, they could be running a million miles away from God. You could have been following God for a while now, and you, you could actually be even maybe getting a little angry at God because he hasn't answered your prayers yet um, because that you want your kids to come back. Look, I'm telling you, think about the fact that those roots that you planted, they're still there. What could a little water do? And so this year, I don't want you to lose hope. I want you to continue praying for them. I want you to pray for them harder than you ever have and let this be the year that you're believing. Not just that, but tell other people about it. Tell other people what you're praying for because I wanna see God do miracles. We get to see it every single day in M18. We get to see roots that are just completely obliterated and new trees planted. God doesn't just come in and just repair little patches of your heart. He will give you an entirely new heart if you will allow him and he will plant in that heart only things that he wants in there. But you have to be willing. I know Bronson, man, he... uh really wanted to be here because he's a, man, he loves resourcing you guys. He loves making sure that you have the tools and the equipment that you need in order to live a prosperous life, man. He and Callie love you guys so much. And uh, we get to be a part of this team that, that helps pastor. Um, but one thing that he wanted me to do, and he was very adamant about this, and so I obliged the thesis. That was just bonus material. But if you look in your chairs, you'll see a daily prayer path. It's not uncommon to not know how to pray. In fact, that's one of the first things the disciples actually asked Jesus was how do we pray? And so this year, 2023, we wanna make sure that you know how to pray. And so we're actually gonna go through this together. And so if you can just close your head, just close your head, close your eyes, bow your head. If you can close your head, get with me after service. I want to see it. I don't know what that looks like. But so when we get started, we're going to sit in a comfortable place. Put away your cell phones if they're not already. You'll go to hell for texting the church. Nah, I'm just kidding. All right, back to reverence. All right. So we, uh, if you sit in a comfortable place and make sure that you don't have any distractions. And look, you can pray through this in as little as five minutes or just however much time you have, depending upon what God has on your heart. But the goal is, is that this is a daily thing. And so it's crazy if you talk to somebody every day, how much quicker you can get it done than if you wait years, right? And so if we do this every day of our lives, it will help us remain pure in our hearts, pure in our lives, and bearing fruit for Christ. So first, just sit there and become aware of God's presence. Just make ourselves aware that he's here with us. Sometimes it helps me if I'll just picture him sitting across from me. Like if I just picture Jesus just there with me, it makes it to where that I, I can really have a conversation with them because that's what he wants from us. Then review the day. Like think about just the last 24 hours. Review it with gratitude. Like be thankful for the things that God has done. Thank him for all the places that it's going right. Just have an attitude of thankfulness. And even if you are so destitute, man, just did he provide food and water? Like, did somebody smile at you and say hello? Like, what, 
Was there anything that you could think about that, that was beneficial? Think about that and just review the day and have gratitude. Be thankful that you're here. That's more than a lot of people can say. Third thing, start examining your motives and actions. Like sometimes we can even do things that are nice, but we had horrible motives when we did them. So start thinking about these things. And here's the deal. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in this process. Like we have a wonderful counselor. We have an advocate. We have someone who lives within us when we are Christ followers that knows us better than we know ourselves. And so if you ask the Holy Spirit, hey, analyze me, seek me. I, I wanna know why I really did that. Was I really being kind or did I want somebody to see me? Like, was I really being nice to my boss or, or was I really just wanting a promotion? Like what, what are the things that I'm doing in my life? Like analyze my motives and if they're not like you, Reveal that to me. And then confess to God with thankfulness for his grace. When daily, whenever we start confessing the things to God and the errors of our ways and the places we went wrong and the sin that we have in our life, we'll get better. But if you never talk to God about the places you fall short, it's so much easier to sweep them under the rug, causing it so much harder to bear fruit. And the last thing, and this is one I'm gonna pray out loud, we need to pray for the courage to change. And so God, Heavenly Father, Lord, there's people here today that I know this message has touched God because it's touched me personally. I just pray, Lord, that you'll just give us all the courage to do what it takes, God, to, to change, Lord, that, that you will not forsake us, Lord, and we know that, God. And so we just invite you into our hearts, Lord, and we want you to take root, God. And we only want things that are of you, God, to be inside of us, Lord. And so right now, I'm just praying that everyone across this room, Lord, will take something from today's message and they'll put it into practice, God, that the seeds that you have sown today, Lord, that they cannot be destroyed, God, because we know how much the enemy wants to snatch those seeds from our heart, God, before they have a chance to take root. Because if he can do it now and he can steal what happened today in this service before it has a chance to take root, God, that's the only way he stands a chance, Lord. Because whenever the seed that you have starts growing our heart, it is incorruptible, God. I pray right now, Lord, that the weeds that we have, all the cares of the world, all those things are secondary, God, compared to the love that we have for you, Lord. And I know that there's a a lot of people right now, Lord, that want that in their life, God, but some of them just don't know how. And so I pray wisdom. I just pray knowledge. I pray that you will put community around people, Lord, so that they can experience your presence in a very real way, God. And I pray, Lord, that whatever you want us to do, God, from this church in this city, God, that you will equip us to do it and that we will say yes when that call comes. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review, things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at, at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.